My name is Aaron Vassar, and you are listening to the Restoring Adam podcast, seeking to revive, rebuild, and reclaim God-honoring masculinity for the king and his country. This is episode number four. And as I told you in the beginning, sometimes life would come and I wouldn't be able to get a weekly episode out. So this is the second week, and I am getting it done right here in the fourth quarter. It's Friday. I didn't know if I was going to be able to accomplish this, but I want to do what I said I was going to do. And I did say that sometimes it might be every other week if things happened. And things have happened. And I'm going to stay on the track that I was in the last podcast where I'm just going to kind of open up the curtains into my life and speak into something that has happened to me and our family that I know is not uncommon. And I'm not the only one that's ever experienced this. I know many people that have gone through this particular issue, and we as men should know how to handle ourselves. And for the ladies out there, we should know how to support our husbands whenever these types of things happen. So I know I'm being kind of cryptic, but I will get started here in just a second. But again, I just I feel like it's important to take a moment and thank you guys again for sharing and reviewing. I had more reviews and shares on the third episode than I did on the first episode. And again, I have you guys to thank for it. I, and again, I would ask that you continue to do so. I take the time to do this because I feel like it matters. I feel like this information is important. I feel like a biblical understanding of masculinity is something that's lacking. I know that I lacked it for quite some time, and I'm still lacking in it in a lot of ways. Again, I'm on a journey. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm wanting to take you guys with me, which is why I give you a look into my personal life because I don't want to come across as I have all the answers because I most certainly don't. So with that said, I'm going to move into the content of this episode, which I will explain as we go through. So um, I'm recording this on Friday. It will also be released today more than likely, and this is some kind of a glitch in the system, but it should be released today. So um, it was last week, um, Monday, I woke up sick. We had, I don't know what went through our house. I might've been the flu. It might've been COVID. Honestly, I think everything's COVID, right? There's an assumption that everything is COVID at this point, but whatever. I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. I was sick at the end of the day. I don't feel the need to label what it was. I, I was sick, um, and really sick. Um, so I called into work on Monday, told my boss I wasn't going to be able to be there. He said that was fine. Tuesday came, um, contacted him. He uh, said, why don't you take another day and just make sure? I said, okay. Wednesday came. I woke up. Um, he asked me to call him, and uh, so I did. And he asked me how I was doing, and then he said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm going to have to lay you off. Needless to say, I did not see that coming. He said the business was getting slim, and I kind of seen it coming in some ways. I knew that things were different. I knew things were tight. I was going to different job sites, and there would be three and four guys at them, and that happens sometimes, but it had happened on a repetitive basis, which usually tells me that these guys aren't able to do whatever their particular skill set was, so they're coming to help other people, which is kind of a red flag. Like I said, it happened from time to time, but this was happening on a somewhat regular basis, so I wasn't terribly shocked, but at the same time, I didn't see it coming, and I also didn't see it coming right before Christmas. Now, I don't hold any ill will against him. 
um, my former employer. He's a very good man. He's I've worked for him multiple times throughout the years, and I hold him in very high regard. I have an awful lot of respect for him, and I believe that he did what he had to do because he had to do it, and that's okay. I've come and gone from that particular employer multiple times, um, and he's always been very supportive of it. I've left for whatever reason, usually for one time it was for a ministry opportunity. We worked in the foster care um, universe for a while, and that's something I'll talk about in a future podcast, but we did work in that in a somewhat professional position. Um, it, it, it was, I would call it professional slash ministry position, um, and we did that for a while, and that was a calling I felt like God had on my life, so we went and did that, and I left then. Um, I worked there for a little bit back when I was 18, but uh, I was um, not much of a man or really much of a human back then at that point. So I wasn't much of an employee. The fact that he took me back on so many years later was really uh, just to his credit. Um, and it's been a very great experience working there. I'm thankful for the skill sets that I was able to take away from it. But nevertheless, the timing was very hard for us as a family. Um, and in the beginning, I did not handle it very well. Um, I really kind of sunk pretty deep at first. I, I did the knee-jerk things, and I went out and I asked for prayer, and I sought um, that from different groups and people and whatnot. Um, but I, um, really just began to question a lot of things that I've done and decisions and things in my life and just kind of feeling like a victim in a lot of ways. And that's never good, especially for men. Honestly, it's not good for anybody, but I think it's just a really bad look whenever a man does that, when he puts on the cloak of victimhood as if somehow the world is cosmically aligned against us. That's not any way to look at things. I think we have this ultimate cheat code. I'll, you guys have probably, I don't, I, it depends on how old you guys are, if you guys play the old original Nintendo. But for those of you that did, you guys know what I'm talking about when I talk about the Konami cheat code or the Contra cheat code, the up, down, up, down, left, right, select, BA, I don't, I don't remember what it is now. But there was a cheat code that gave you unlimited lives. And um, we as Christians have an unlimited cheat code in that we regardless of what we go through, are victors. Because if we go through something hard, God uses that to make us better. He sharpens the edges of our acts through afflictions and hardship. If we go through really good things, we get to praise him for that too. Regardless of what we go through, it comes through the hands of a good father. And that's important to remember. And in the moment, that's very difficult to remember. We're very good at telling other people that when we see that they're going through a hardship. But when it's us going through it, we are not good at it. At least I'm not. I tend to have a knee-jerk reaction of victimhood, woe is me, this always happens to me, why is this always happening to me? And that's effeminate, it's pathetic, and it's very faithless. It's very faithless in a God that is a good father. Our father gives us good gifts. Now, they don't always look like what we would call a good gift, but Honestly, when you put something up against Scripture, our opinion doesn't matter. We don't have to think it's a good gift. It doesn't matter. It is because our Father gives us good gifts. And it might be wrapped in pain and hardship, but that doesn't matter. It's still a good gift. And we have to look at it like that because that's what faith is. Faith is trusting and believing even when we don't see. And God gives us these opportunities to 
practice and exercise our faith. And it's appro- it, it's important that we do that appropriately for a multitude of reasons, which a lot of which that is what I'm going to get into with this particular episode. <clears throat> I apologize if there's any road noise going on. I am uh, sitting in a parking lot right now recording this and there's I'm on kind of a busy road that's right next to me so if there's a lot of road noise I apologize I hope that's not the case but um what I want to talk about is the fact that as men we are always preaching all of us wear many hats a lot of us are fathers a lot of us are sons a lot of us are employers a lot of us are employees a lot of us are brothers We have many different hats that we wear within our communities, within our church, and we are always preaching in all of them. We are preaching whenever we pull up to the gas pump. We are preaching when we walk into the grocery store. We are always preaching as men. And it's important that we remember that because our conduct in the world tells people about who Christ is. We are ambassadors and representatives of a heavenly kingdom. And if when hardship comes our way, and we complain or whine or play the victim card, that is a faithless attitude. And that tells people, that preaches a sermon to people about the God that we say we serve. If we say we love God, we say that we say that Christ is king, and then when we go through hardship, we complain and, we, and, and say that this shouldn't have happened to me or why is this happening to me, that's preaching a sermon about who Christ is. So... When we get laid off from a job, it's it's not for us to say that, woe is me, why did this happen to me? It's for us to trust that God is a good father and he has a good plan for us. Now, it may bring difficulty, but that difficulty is good for us. We're going to win regardless. What a wonderful thing to have. That was one of the things that I really was struck with on my time working on the ambulance was how horrible of an existence it is to not have a faith in God and have a hope that lies beyond this earth and beyond this world. I, you've, I've seen a lot of tragedy and to see it as nothing but just cosmic mishaps or the, the hand of an, uh, of a mean God. I, I couldn't imagine there, there's no hope when you don't think that there's a purpose in things that's, that transcends our pain. But when you can hold on to that and see that there is a good father who's always working things out for our good, all things come together for good to those who are called accord, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm butchering that right now. I know I am, and I apologize. But I, I think it's important to really remember that and practice it. That's where the rubber meets the road is when we go through hardships. <laughs> and as fathers, when we go through hardships, our children and wives are watching. And it's important that we preach a good sermon. <clears throat> and at first, I did not. I sat in bed, I think it was the second night, and just kind of complained. And my wife tried to challenge me on it. And I came back to her and said, why won't you just let me speak my mind and say what I want to say and just get it off my chest. And I and I was wrong. She challenged me on it because my attitude was inappropriate. And I wasn't preaching a good sermon to her. I am to wash my wife with the word. And if I don't exemplify the word well, 
in front of her when I go through a hardship, number one, that's not going to make her feel comfortable in my ability to provide and protect. She's going to doubt that. Uh, that's going to make her nervous. That's going to make her uncomfortable. And again, it's preaching a sermon about who God is. So for me to say I'm just complaining and I just want you to let me complain, she needed to challenge me on it. She was being a good helper. And I needed to be challenged. I, I needed to be told the truth. And she said, well, that's not what my God does. And she was right. But I, but I complained. And that was not a good sermon. Um, my kids seen the first couple of days a guy that was kind of despondent. And we are going to go through hardships. And our children are most certainly going to go through hardships. And when we go through these things, we have this great opportunity to show our kids, not just tell them, but show them how we are to conduct ourselves as men and women of God, as daughters and sons of a heavenly king, how we are to conduct ourselves when things come our way that are not as we had hoped they would be, because they will most certainly go through them. There's few things that are guaranteed for us in, in this life, but hardship is definitely one of them. And to be honest, who wants to watch a story or read a book about a guy that got up and everything worked out for him and then he died? That's a really awful story. It's those things that challenge us that attract us to these stories. Those, those are the things that give us hope. Some guy that had everything work out for him doesn't give us any hope because that's not our experience. We don't have to live long on this planet to go through hardship. And it's important for us to preach that sermon well when our kids are watching. That's, they're going to look back to that and say, well, you know, when whatever tragedy that befalls them at some point happens, they're going to be able to look back into their, into their past and history and say, well, my father handled it this way. And that was good. And I want to do that too. And that's why it's important. Our, our people are watching and the people around us are watching. Now you can look at the Psalms and the Psalms, most of them have kind of an arc where it begins with David saying, all of these things are happening to me. Why are they happening? Where are you at God? But I trust you. And I think it's okay to ask God why. I think it's okay to, at, to, to question your circumstances, but it is not okay to doubt the good providential hand of our Heavenly Father. We don't get to do that. That's completely inappropriate. And that's what you see in the Psalms. It, it, it goes through that arc of, of question, doubt, wonder, worry, but then faith and trust which is why I think he was considered a man after God's own heart. He was real and he was raw, but then he always came back to the end and knew that his father was a, was a, was a good father. And he preached that sermon well. And that's why the Psalms are such a good place to go to whenever we go through these hardships. We can look at men that have gone through things much harder than this. I mean, let's be real. As far as the job market goes, if you don't have a job, it's because you don't want one. There are plenty of jobs. It may not be the job you want. It may not be the best job. But honestly, I could go out and get three jobs right now. I could go out and get three jobs, and and I probably wouldn't be able to sleep much. But in, in the world that I live in, in the economy and the country that I live in, I'm I sh there's not really a very good reason for me not to be employed. Um, and we're not guaranteed to have the job that we want. 
we can always work towards that. We can always put our efforts in, in that, in that space, but we're not guaranteed that. So there's really no reason to act as if we're a victim when it comes to the job market, which is what I did. Um, I think that this comes to a post that I put on my Facebook about, um, about love being efficacious, which just means that, that love is, love has, love is an effectual thing. It's, it's not, um, something that just sits between your ears. Love acts, love does, love, love, love goes, um, love, love does things. Um, and, and we see that through the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make and through the sacrifice that God was willing to make by putting his son on the cross. We see that, that love does things and love is not always fuzzy. We don't get to define love. God says that he is love. And we can look throughout the scriptures and see that love is not always fuzzy. It's not always a Disney story. As a matter of fact, most more often than not, it's not that. God disciplines those whom he loves. God put it, sent his own son to die. Jesus died on a cross. We can see time and time again that, that love is not always what we think it should be. It's not what Hollywood makes it out to be. Sometimes it's a very painful thing, and God puts us through painful things, and that's love. And we don't get to say it's not love, because God is love. God defines love. God, God embodies love. And I think having that erroneous idea of what love is, is what ends marriages. Because, they, well, I'm, well, I'm not happy. Well, marriage isn't about your happiness. But so many marriages are dissolved on that stance. Well, I'm not happy. And so I'm going to end the marriage. This is the same reason why so many children leave the faith whenever they, whenever they come into adulthood. Their faith has been something that was just emotionalistic drivel that really doesn't have any substance. And so when they get older, it doesn't really appeal to them anymore because it was never real. And so they walk away from it because there really wasn't anything to walk away from. There, there really isn't anything. It becomes, I mean, the Holy Spirit becomes serotonin. I have fuzzy feelings, and therefore the Holy Spirit was in this room and in this space with me, which is completely incorrect. So I think it's important to understand what love is, and, and to, again, to preach that sermon well when we go through hardships. God is a good Father, and there is no neutrality. It's important to understand that as well. Christ is Lord. And that means he's Lord of everything. He's Lord of all. I've, I've, heard the, I've heard the quote before, and it is very accurate. He is either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. And that is very true. He, he is Lord of our emotions. He's Lord of hardships. He's Lord of employers. He's Lord of the holidays. He's, he's Lord of all things. And there is no space where Christ is not Lord. And if he is Lord, and he's Lord of our lives, then we have to act that way. And we can't act like, well, this thing happened, and he wasn't Lord of that, or, or, or he wasn't good here. It, it doesn't work that way. God doesn't have to set down certain attributes in order to pick up another one. Like we, when, when we become angry about something, that, that emotion kind of takes over everything else. God can be wrathful and loving at the same time. And he's equally loving and equally wrathful simultaneously, which is something that few of us, 
I don't know if any of us can really say that because most of us have to put down another emotion in order to pick another one up. It's kind of like a seesaw. You know, what one has to go down in order for the other one to come up. It's very hard to be perfectly loving and perfectly angry at the same time for us. It's very hard for us to be perfectly sad and perfectly trusting at the same time. One almost always diminishes in the face of the other one. <clears throat> but there is no neutral ground for God. Christ is Lord. It's not fair for us to say that things are not fair. Because again, we aren't the ones that define what is fair. What does that even mean? Because the most unfair thing that ever happened happened for our good. And we are very quick to say, well, this wasn't fair. You know what wasn't fair? God sending his son to die for you. That wasn't fair because he didn't do anything. That's the most unfair thing that's ever occurred. And we're perfectly okay with that. But God forbid we go through a hardship. We want to cry foul whenever we go through hard things. But the son of God dies on a cross for our sins and we're okay with that one. That's the most unfair thing that's ever happened. We don't get to say things aren't fair because we're not, again, we're not Lord. Our opinion isn't Lord. Scripture is the basis for how we discern what is good and what is, and what is not good. And what Christ calls good is good regardless of our opinion. And it is fair regardless of our opinion. What isn't fair is that when we die, we're going to go to heaven. What's not fair is that we are adopted sons and daughters of a heavenly, of, of, of a king, of a heavenly king. That's not fair because we don't deserve it. So I'm going to keep this one short. I, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it, but um, I, I will say that um, this has been a very encouraging experience and it's i a friend of mine i'm going to give a shout out to my friend rodney he he encouraged me to share this story on here he encouraged me to share the story of um my daughter brooklyn and marcus and her um dating scenario she he encouraged me to share that one as well he said that these are things that men need to hear and so i give a shout out to him on this one um i didn't really plan on sharing this on here but i think it it needs to be shared it needs to be known that um th there's a way to conduct ourselves whenever we go through difficult circumstances and complaining and whining is not the way to do it i, I this is the same reason why i don't spend a lot of time involving myself into politics i do keep myself informed but i refuse to be consumed by it and there are so many people that I know and people that I care about dearly that spend an awful lot of time railing about this thing and that thing and look at that and look at this bad thing. But the fact of the matter is Christ did not compel us to share the bad news. He compelled us to share the good news. And what a great opportunity to share the good news with a world that quite honestly looks very, very miserable. So in the interim right now, what I've been doing for work. Um, I, I have a few pans in the fire. I actually took a uh, real estate course and I'm taking the exam on Saturday for that. Um, if you guys would
pray for that. I would really appreciate that. I would like to pass that the first time through. Um, but I, uh, and I have some other side hustles. I went to church and multiple people offered me different things. We are going to be just fine. It might be tight for a while. Um, you know, it, it might not be the way that I would want it to be. But um, again, I, I was given a hard providence from the hand of a good father. And, uh, but I, so I have been door dashing. Um, so my boss off, he, he paid me um, the week that I was laid off this week now that I'm in and he's going to pay me for half a week next week. And, um, I, so I've been, uh, door dashing in the midst of this. So I get to see a lot of people and go to a lot of places within this town. And I, it's so sad to me that everybody looks so miserable. We're in the middle of the holidays and I, and I know not everybody is a Christian and I think there's a lot to that, but, um, I it just the world seems miserable and what a great opportunity when we go through hardships to point people to a good father who loves us and cares for us what a perfect opportunity and the same thing in the world around us when when we see troublesome things occurring in the world around us what a great opportunity to point to point people towards hope but so many won't do that they'll instead point to all the bad things like look at this Look at this bad thing, and look at that bad thing, and oh, here, here it comes. Here's the bad thing. Oh, here it comes. And I think that does the gospel a great disservice. And I think it flies right in the face of the fact that God is a good father. We can look at the world. If you open up Scripture, Scripture talks about that there will be all of these calamities and problems, and people will, will conduct themselves in certain ways. And that basically covers the news. That that basically covers it. Now, I'm not saying ignore it. I think it's important for men to be aware. And I am. I, I do listen to a, a short podcast that gives a short glimpse into the news. I also get an email that it's completely unbiased. It's just <clears throat> the news. It just says, hey, this thing happened. That's it. And so I that's how I get my news. And that's it. I don't focus on it. I've done it before. I've got into those spaces where I start listening to the 24-hour news talk pundits, and it only serves to make me angry. And it causes me to focus on something other than the good hand of a good father. That's why it's important to make sure that we are a lighthouse in a world that, it, if you look out at the sea right now, the, the ships are looking for harbor. And they're going to crash into the rocks if we don't offer them something better than some kind of a political messiah or some kind of a man-centered answer. That's not going to improve the situation. There is only hope in one, and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our hope lies. Everything else is empty. Everything else will not get us the things that we think we need. And people will continue to go to these to these things, whether it be whether it be pornography or food or drugs or alcohol, and they will consume those things to their own demise until we give them something that doesn't run out. Eventually, the bottle gets empty. Eventually, the bag of whatever your drug of choice is gets empty. 
Christ never runs dry. Never. You can return to him time and time again and cry out. And he will give you hope. He will give you a perspective. We don't get to choose our circumstances. We don't. All of us were handed a, a hand of cards. And we can fold them. I mean, that's a choice, I suppose. We can fold them or we can play them. And we can remember that we do have that cheat code. We are going to win. Even if we die, we are going to win. What else in this world offers that hope? Well, it is certainly not presidential elections. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Because these men that step into that arena are, are, are flawed and failed at best. And pointing to these man-centered answers for a world that is devoid of the hope that Christ offers is doing the greatest disservice to the world. It's not loving your neighbor. It's not sharing the gospel. It's doing the exact opposite. So when we go through hardships, we have a great opportunity to point to the one who went through the ultimate hardship for our benefit and so that we can point people to hope. So when you go through something hard, thank him for it. Now, what I'm not saying is that we have a fake attitude about it. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to have pain. It's okay to be concerned. But we are to be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and petition to present our request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So men and ladies, I know there's a handful of ladies that listen that listen to this too. It is vital that when we go through these situations that we point to the God who loves us and we offer hope so that others can do the same. And so that others can have that peace that transcends all understanding. We have the hope. We have, we have a hope that the world does not know. And it is our obligation to share it. And that's not just always in, that's not just opening up the uh, Romans road and telling somebody about the path, the path to salvation. That is one thing. But the gospel is much more than that. The gospel infects our entire lives. The gospel isn't something that we put that we put in a box. Our faith isn't something that we put in a box and we put it on the shelf and we pick it up whenever we need him. Our faith in God is real and alive and active. And we should exemplify it whenever we go through these hardships. As a matter of fact, especially when we go through these hardships. So that is all I have on this one. So I hope it was helpful. If it is, please do me a favor and share it. Let other people know. And I will drop another podcast hopefully next week. If everything goes well, we will see what happens. Again, we're in a rather unique situation right now. But I know that God is going to come through. And I can't wait to tell you guys about what he did. Because I trust the hand of my good father. Which is why I felt like it was important to share to share this story. Because... I have faith. Now, I didn't start out that way, and, I, and that's just me being honest with you. I did not start that way, but I do have faith that this is going to work out. And as my faith increased, and as I put more faith into the God that, that tells us that he is a good father, I've watched a peace settle into my home 
amidst all of this. And each one of our homes are little churches. And those little churches go into the bigger church. And that church goes out into the community. It is important that we do these things because it can literally change the landscape of the area that we are in. So whatever you're going through, trust that you are always in the hands of a good father who loves you. If you know him, and if you don't know him, now is now's the time. Repent. Ask him to forgive you for the things that you have done. Surrender your life to him and turn and welcome to Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for the opportunity to share this. Again, I hope it's helpful. Share it. Do the reviews. Do all the things. I love you guys, and I'm thankful for each one of you that take the time to listen to this. This is Aaron Bassers signing off. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care.